0: Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie. good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Sharon Reed, host, commentator, TYT, sports contributor, all-star. Always fascinating to have her analysis. Top story of the day, well, there's one individual who came for Trump, could not secure an attorney, is still Locked up, only one who has been indicted by the Fullerton County DA, still in jail. Put up the picture full mass. All right. You see the crew. This is considered, at least in prosecutorial theory, a criminal enterprise. Thus, the RICO Act applies. Out of that, you have one black male who was the director for black voices for Trump. Here he is full mass. That guy spoke directly to a judge during his first appearance. Here's what he had to say. I've spoken with several different
1: um, attorneys before flying out here. Um, the cost is typically between $40,000 to $100,000 just to retain a lawyer for these charges. And then they charge hourly. They, I cannot afford, I'm not going to put my family in that kind of debt, um, especially with my daughter. I can't. I cannot afford an attorney for something like this. Okay. Well, Scott McPhee, uh Judge McVee will go through the process if you choose to represent yourself. And to not retain a lawyer, he will go through that process and ask those questions with you. I just want to advise you of your right
2: at this point that if you wish to hire a lawyer, you have the right to do so. Okay?
0: Put up the picture of Mr. Floyd again. Sir, I'm disappointed. I don't agree with the decisions you've made in your life, but at least honor your craft. The point of being a sellout is to get money. You are broke incarcerated a Trump supporter inside of the Fulton County damn jail. This is not working out well for you. DL Hughley actually reposted this with the words, keep on using me until you use me up. Black voices for Trump was a propaganda trick meant to dissuade individuals from actually looking at policy. They hired this person, they coordinated with this person for the purpose of tricking black people. They had no policy agenda for African Americans in this country. They had absolutely no substance in their policy platform. They were simply propaganda machines created by the Trump campaign. Now, if you're willing to do that, at least one would assume you have a friend or two who would provide some level of support in the process of your prosecution. But I have to say, I find it ironic that out of everyone who has been indicted, out of everyone who has had to be booked, he is the only one still inside of that jail. And the only one who cannot afford an attorney. And the only one who has no bond. All right, let's go to it. No arguments were heard during this first appearance for or against bond that will be left to a uh, yet unscheduled for a hearing before Judge Scott McAfee. The judge you saw was the fill in judge for that day. Uh, Judge McAfee is overseeing the RICO case involving uh, Mr. Floyd, Donald Trump and 17 other co-defendants. Speaking to the judge without representation, unusual in a first appearance proceeding. Floyd disagreed, he was a flight risk. I got on the plane, I voluntarily came here. I am already here on federal pretrial supervision. I will explain that in a moment. He said, referring to a case from earlier this year, in which he is charged with assaulting an FBI agent who was serving him a subpoena for a federal grand jury uh, in Washington DC. Quote, had no issues on being on pretrial supervision. There is no way I'm a flight risk. I showed up here before the president was here. Okay, now let's go back to what the rules are. Number one, Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your perspective, charges can be used in weighing your flight risk or not. Yes, depending on the severity of charges that you may have in another jurisdiction, a judge may say you're facing a lot, We may have an issue with you, number one. Number two, the fact that he did not take advantage of what was offered to every defendant Which was the ability to pre negotiate your bond is quite telling, possibly because he couldn't afford an attorney. Well, in that case, sir, I would have at least advocated for myself for a pre trial or a pre turn in bond. According to the prosecution and your silence on the matter, you did not do so. Um, There's more. He's also known as Willie. Louis Floyd III. He served as director of Black Voices for Trump and is accused of recruiting Stephen Lee to arrange a meeting with election worker Ruby Freeman and Chicago based publicist uh, Trivion Cuddy. Um, So, in the theory of the prosecution, he was involved, an active member, in securing other people who partook in this alleged conspiracy scheme. sir. you need to count the ways here. You're a black male, you work for white male bigots intentionally. You're inside of the Fulton County Jail. You don't have an attorney, you currently don't have a bond. And a lot of this is already being placed on you as the narrative. I mean, the way they laid it out, dear brother, it's like you're the damn mastermind, sir. All right. Sharon, thoughts here?
3: Yeah, it's as if, if you read the filing, that he forced them into it almost. Right. You know, Not, he's mastermind and he kind of strong armed him. His alias. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand anything, but I too am concerned. I hate it when money is held over someone for their freedom. It is ironic. I don't know how many members. Blacks for Trump uh, has, or the spinoff yeah. N-word for Trump, if they right. could all put in $10, $20, yeah. Dr. Ritchie. Um, or like you said, negotiate something ahead of time, steal someone's answer. Can't you just, the details were leaking out on other people, steal someone else's answer and say, God, can I negotiate that?
0: But yeah,
3: it's problematic. Hustler without any money?
0: Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And, and on my radio show this morning, I said, listen, you know, I will give the guy $500 for a bond attorney. Now, see that? Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, his people just need to get with us. We'll give him the 500 Hopefully, he can advocate for himself see? outside of the um, Force County jail. All right. Hello, thing. Um, we're trying to get more details about this. I want to go straight to the video, and then we'll talk about it. Here it is.
2: Get the oh, I mean,
1: really, he can't you know, breathe, y'all. So man, oh, so man. man so dude. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Huh? So I dried Why, off. Right, Why yeah. your hand on his neck? Right, 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 right. I'm he I'm can't, can't breathe, man. man. You have a gun on you? No.
2: I can't breathe. Let's pull <laughs> yeah, yeah, out here. Take
1: your, your hand off his neck, right? I can't breathe. Can't breathe. Can't breathe. And he said he can't breathe.
3: You you know, y'all don't do him like it. Good job. All right, give, give us your right arm.
1: Can't breathe. Give us your right arm. Right you for firefighters. Give us your right arm. Don't to your right arm. Can't breathe. I behind your back, bro. You're gonna get taped. Go. Release your right arm. Don't pay
2: me!
1: Ah! No, eh? I, I <laughs> oh got beef! Oh <laughs> <laughs> Say <laughs> all that crap out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you you take. Y'all to make him have a heart attack. Don't do him like that. <laughs> give <a> us please don't do him like
2: that, please. Please, please, please. i not want to have a heart attack. Please
0: don't do him like that. Please don't do him like that. Put up the picture for mass. I want you to look at this. You see the taser, right? You see the taser to the back of this man. Now let me tell you why this part is important to note. A neurologist would tell you, even pressure, pressure to that region of the body can cause a person's arms to lock in place or become very difficult to have mobility. So while they're screaming, give us your arm. They were engaged in an action that would have made that possible, made that impossible damn near. Let's keep the picture up. We're trying to get more information a disturbing scene. According to the poster, the uploader out of Nashville, Tennessee. Shows Eric uh, Bollard pinned down by police screaming that he can't breathe. This was on the Florida gas station, uh, the floor of that gas station, okay? This looks like a suffocation, especially in the beginning of the video. The officers can be seen then dragging the man through the store. Forcing his arms behind him as he struggles to pull his chest up for air. That's what he's attempting to do. When they're unsuccessful, they tase him in the upwards four times, according to the narrative. The woman filming can be heard begging them to let him have some air, bleeding. Do not give him a heart attack. Also, according to the uploaded this incident occurred last Thursday at the Victory Fuels gas station on Trinity Lane and White Creek Park. Unfortunately, this isn't something new. We've seen it over and over again. As soon as they release their arms, there's no leverage to stop officers from killing them. We have seen that happen before we've shown you the video, all right? Okay, so once again, information still forthcoming. I know some people will say, well, what did he do? I don't give a damn what he did. Let me make that very clear. I'm talking about process and procedure. Here's what I do know is a fact, he's innocent. Let me say that again, I know for a fact that he's innocent. Well, Doc, how do you know that? Because in America, you are innocent unless you are proven guilty. It is a legal standard that must be respected. He is innocent until proven guilty. I know some people say innocent unless proven guilty. I want to say this, procedure. Procedure is important to the entire scheme of cop community relationship. There are many arrests that all communities would actually agree with. They will say that person needed to be arrested. We get that part, but the process of how you carried it out. Being a judge, jury, executioner or assaulter, that part, Is where the friction typically will lie. Now many times obviously we see individuals who are railroaded. They were innocent 100%. Those cases are also there, but process is important. So we want more information. If you got it, send it to us, all right? Sharon, thoughts here.
3: I have to stop saying that they are treating the police, cops, uh, this person like an animal. Because had that been an animal, as they pressed against his back and squeezed four times, I think he said, "Dr. Yeah. Ritchie, there would be instant consequences. People would be sharing, taking to the streets, and there'd be instant consequences." That's right. Here, still waiting to find out the details at a convenience store.
0: Right. Right. All right. We'll bring updates as as they come.
2: All right, we have an
0: indisputable exclusive, workplace nightmare. Man being um, subjected to terms like monkey and other things, goes to management, they do nothing about it. Here's what I wanna do, I'm gonna first go to a video, here it is. I know. I know. I just want to it. Let me
2: ask
1: you something, no, don't has to do with nothing out here today when we had Thanksgiving, and you made the banana pudding. I didn't make the banana But thing. she made it. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I'm not saying you, but she was here, and the monkey jokes and the bananas, it was inappropriate. I wasn't even here when she made it. She wasn't here on Thanksgiving. No, she made it before Thanksgiving. Okay. But I was just wondering why those innuendos that she be saying that you don't speak up for me. I've always had your back. When I brought you over here, I spoke up to Sean about your ex. She's not talking about you. No, but doesn't make no difference. Those monkey jokes. Oh, whatever. She that's always what she says. I don't know why she says that. Okay, but she shouldn't do that because that's you know that connects with black people. Oh. And And another thing was that. I was I wasn't trying to trip on Sean today. Right. It, it was the thing that I didn't want her in my business because when Sean's talking to me, she, yeah. what, what does she say? He does the same thing to me. Yeah, and I don't. And, and, and then she's, she throws me under the bus with everybody. Right. I mean, come on. What, at what yeah. point are we gonna have to stop? Right. And just treat me good because I'm not a bad person. Right. Everybody. No, know everybody knows that. Yeah. But I'm at the point now where I'm with I'm infused with my boss about all has been said that I'm doing back here, and I'm not doing that. But doing my job, yeah. And it's getting kind of disrespectful. And I'm, I mean, I don't know what to do. I'm going to the program in Black Lives Matter uh, Monday, and to the uh, Equal Opportunity Board. I don't think Mr. English can stand for uh, uh, the us discrimination. Right? Yeah. But I thank you. All right. Well, I'm sorry,
2: I says.
0: All uh, right. Don't trip. Okay. Put up the picture for mass. You're looking at a good man, Steven Scott, okay? He's a kitchen worker. According to him, he endured racist comments by his superior. He then complained to HR as protocol demands. According to him, nothing happened. Steven Scott was a cook at the Beast restaurant in area 15 of Las Vegas. Some of you know that spot very well. And for months, according to him, he was subjected to a superior's racially charged monkey jokes that happened so often. Many of the staff were well aware of them. So the person that you're looking at, well, that's a coworker of his. And he is documenting that even the coworker, according to him, whose back he has had did not have his back when these things were being said. Let's put up the supervisor. This is Miss Christina Bessonai. Made jokes, according to him, such as asking her co-workers, "Have you seen the lips on a monkey? Have you seen a monkey peel a banana?" As well as swinging her arms and making monkey sounds around Mr. Scott. After enduring this racist environment, Mr. Scott filed a complaint with HR, stating, and I quote, "I could have." Dealt with her in the windows. I could have I dealt with her in windows, remarks, and continued to keep a worker relationship. But the monkey banana jokes. I ask that you use this written statement on one of the videos as evidence. End quote. HR provided a response. We have that response. HR responded to the complaint. In the complaint, they say in a quote, After our investigation, we found there was no malice intent, end quote. Keep that up. What has HR done? Provided context, not denial. They did not say, "Oh, this didn't happen. They're not saying, you're right, it is inappropriate, but maybe it did not have the intent you thought. So we're gonna still clear it up, make sure it's a professional environment you work in, let her endure uh, training since you had to endure racism. Nothing, we investigated, no malice intent. Mrs. Scott told Indisputable and I quote, for two months, my supervisor told these jokes and other black related jokes. At every opportunity, she threw me under the bus with all my colleagues. I filed a complaint with HR, they found it was without malice intent. She is new to the country, but she has lived here for 15 years. We reached out to Area 15, we reached out to the manager for comment on the incident, we have not yet received a response. We also reached out to the restaurant owner, who? Chef Todd English, who did not immediately Respond for comment, Chef English, you have a reputation to uphold, sir. I recommend you put a response on record, launch an exacting investigation into what happened and provide clarity as to how your company will move forward. I'm not done with this story, all right? We'll bring you the update, Sharon, thoughts here.
3: Hopefully the chef gets rid of at least two people not the complainant, obviously, Or we should not go to the establishment until we have more clarity on where the chef, the owner stands. I tend to think that it's very sad to hear a black man pleading yeah. and writing that he can put up with the innuendos and I'm a good guy. You don't have to be related to Mother Teresa to be treated with just a measure right. of respect. That's all. He was asking for until white people are the ones who not have his back, but just step up and say, "Don't do that here," and that's not what we're about.
0: Yeah. Here we go again. There you go. And listen, why do you have to tell? Why do you have to talk about monkeys at work? Right? It's it's not a professional dynamic anyway, regardless of intent. You got entire laws that have been passed in places like Georgia that make it places like Florida in particular, and about to be places like Georgia that make it illegal to make white folks uncomfortable. It's against the law. And Florida already legislation is being proposed in early legislative cycle in the state of Georgia. But a black male who works with you, who's your colleague, who works hard says, listen, can you just, you know, that's, that's offensive to me. Can you just stop with that? And no one, not one person agrees. All right. They'll be talking now. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. And thank you in advance for always keeping it right here. All right. Arizine says, what's up, doc? Haven't been in position to comment on the show recently, but I've been listening. Thank you for all you do. And thank you for all you do. Iron sharpens iron. Next TYT reporter uh, talking talking about the cop who smothered a man. I would be shouting, and you wonder why the public hates you. What's your Scoop, the Las Vegas Food Workers Union is one of the most powerful in the country. Uh, Woke Dragon, I cannot believe that black man didn't think those white people would lead him down a bad path. And Mike Nice, HR works for the company, hence no malice. That is true, they work for the company. Uh, James Thompson, gifted one indisputable, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Colin Hutton, thank you, all right. Doc, that graphic you put up with Trump and his co-defendants' his side of the squares. Got me thinking of the Brady Bunch, it's the Donny Bunch, hashtag the Donny Bunch. We may need to you know, make a t-shirt. Somebody needs to make a t-shirt of Trump, the picture of his mugshot that says surrendered. All right, so it's truthful. All right, one more. Uh, Twitch, uh, LV18 white girl, love18 white girl, I think. Hey, Doc, can I get a shout out for my son, uh, Nobu, who was born yesterday? I'm sure he's gonna be a fan of yours in the future. Nobu, this is your shout out. You are already great. All right, just know it. Just stuff. Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen Wood.
2: You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a yeah, Sunday?
0: You're
1: gonna feel fresh. Back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Hey, hey, stop! Hey, hey, bro, 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 come in, come in. We're not gonna do this. We're not gonna do this. Hey, Johnny, 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 we need you tomorrow. Go, go, keep walking, bro. Keep walking.
2: Yeah, yes, thank
0: you, bro. bro. That's, like, that's, right. all, that's all evil. No. Put it up. Full mass. We don't know the prerequisite to this. So, some of this on my part is going to be speculation. But I do know the parts that we see. This is being dubbed a male Karen in Hollywood, decided to pick a fight with an unsheltered man, proceeding to engage in the conduct that you saw. He specked on the man's face. Do you understand? The man is already having a difficult time at life. He specked. On the man's face. The man trying to retain some level of dignity did not act in violence. The man seemingly only wanted a used cigarette. So instead, of this male caring, allowing him some level of dignity. Hey, man, you can have this cigarette, have another. Or talking to him like a human being. He decides to throw it at him after he specked on him. This is called making lemonade from lemons. He enjoyed his uh, free cigarette, said thank you, and walked off. Um, There's only one villain in this story, in my opinion. Also, I'm thankful to the bystander who was attempting to provide some level of humanity to the situation. No, we're not going to do that, he said. Put it back up. You know, I really don't like people who go around intentionally trying to take the dignity away from a human being. People are valuable because they are. And really, there's something beautiful about everybody, sir, even you. I can't see it in this video. Your actions do not suggest it. But there's something inside of you that allows you to redeem from the moment. This could have been a great opportunity to exercise something called humanity. Compassion, love, attributes that are stronger than the hate you seemingly have for this person. And to the victim of this male Karen, brother, you are powerful. You are loved, you are respected by me and many others. Hold on to that energy, hold on to that feeling. And just walk away from those like him. All right, sharing thoughts here.
3: Powerful indeed. I felt so powerful and good that he was for a moment walking on water okay to not react in this way i too don't like people who try to take away others dignity i also want those people to get theirs it's just something i'm working on doc it's like that movie trading places eddie murphy dan Aykroyd. yeah i i would like for him since there's no empathy there i would like for him to just get a dose of something that will make him understand how
0: gross that was. Right, yeah, I, I don't have any issue with that. Um. I will make it very clear, I'm I'm not the uh, turn the other cheek guy. Um, I'm not to take the high road man, I would take the same road you came traveling your happy ass on, I would take that exact road. Every time road. you say it. Yeah, yeah, mean it. All right. One of the most shocking videos you'll ever see in your life. K9 brutally assaults a man. In addition to that, the officer decides to beat the man with a racket. Here it is. You don't work for the police. Sit your ass
2: down. Now. Huh. <laughs> yep, give us Sit a down. channel. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> Oh, Pocket. 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 Get off the dog. Get off
1: the dog. I love you. Get off the dog. Alright, guys, so oh. relax your hands. Give your hands uh, uh, a good taste.
2: Ah. 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 Ah.
0: There's more video, but it is so graphic. we are not allowed to show the carnage this created. Put up the picture. I'm going to give you some significant background to what you just saw. Yes, you saw a dog, a canine, a police canine being placed on a man because he did not sit down in time. And then as the canine is attacking the man, as the canine unfortunately is trained by the police to do, the police officer takes a weapon or weaponizes another device in order to beat the man. Then he starts screaming, get off the dog. No, the dog was on him. And then the man obviously traumatized by this action, covers his face because his face is fully ripped apart, bloody. He Covers his face, officer says, let let, let your hands down, take your hands down. I'm gonna tase you and then proceeds to brutalize him more. Canine officer Joshua Martin alongside an unidentified partner responded to what is being called a burglary in progress at about 210. A.M. April 18th, the arrest report states that while the victim Richard O'Donnell initially initially complied with officers, he later switched to a defensive stance while holding the racket. Officer Martin threatened him with the canine before releasing it on O'Donnell. The arrest report fails to mention Officer Martin striking O'Donnell with the same racket. That they mentioned in the report. O'Donnell was also tased twice while on the ground by both officers. O'Donnell was charged with burglary, battery on a law enforcement officer and resisting an officer with violence. He was released after posting a $12,000 bond on June 21st. In a supervisor's review of the body cam footage, the department wrote and I quote, at the review of the report, on BWC footage, photographs and other supporting documentation. No policy violation observed, really? Let's put up the man in charge, okay? Uh, the body cam footage was released on YouTube by O'Donnell's stepmother, Debbie O'Donnell, captioned, this is what Daytona Beach Police did to my son. Uh, the Daytona Beach Police Department uh, or Chief of Police, Jakari Young, are yet to make any public comments on the matter beyond the released review. Keep that up for a second. So when is it policy for a police officer to take a racket, okay, and start beating a human being with it while being attacked by a canine, a cop canine that's trained to kill? When did that become policy? Are police officers in the academy trained on the use of rackets to become weapons? Of course not. Why was the man tased when he was obviously traumatized? Was there any assessment as to the mental health or mental well-being of the individual that the officer saw? Why have you not said anything directly? You see, sir, I think you know what happened here. I think that's the reason you have not offered a comment on record. But I want to submit this to you, sir. Silence does not equate to good. It emboldens bad people to do bad things. I want you to think about this, Chief. What if that was a member of your family? Do you think they would have survived that attack? What if it happened to be you and they mistook you or burglar? do you think you would have survived? Is this the only time this officer has done something like this? These are answers that you know, we don't, sharing thoughts here.
3: I think you're asking the right questions, doc. When is it policy to tase a suspect? When the gang says it is, because the gang makes up its own rules. What is the policy about tasing someone who's not resisting? Whatever the gang says, gangs make up their own societal rules. They punish and do based on their own inside code of conduct. I don't wanna hear any more about the street gangs terrorizing America's cities and communities until we include all gangs, this is a gang.
0: There you go, well said. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Let's talk about the racism in Florida, the racist shooter and the racist governor who had the audacity to act as if he does not promote this kind of atmosphere. Here it is. Lord, Governor Ron DeSantis is here. Lord, I ask the Governor if he will come back and turn the back. We are welcome here. These steps are on your hands. Thank you for giving this. I want to just
2: say to the
1: Councilwoman, Councilwoman, Councilwoman. councilwoman. We've already been looking uh, to identify funds to be able to help one, make sure it is adequate security for Edward Waters College. We are not going to allow Edward Waters, Edward Waters, Edward Waters. Your policy's called
2: this. He's just on your head.
0: Damn right, don't let him say another word. Now some may be saying, well, well, what did what did he do? Is it because of his policies? Well, let's count the ways. The Stop Woke Act. The you can't protest, and if you do and disrupt traffic, we're gonna now give you a felony. How about this one? Arresting black voters after they were told by the Board of Elections they could register to vote, having a camera crew make sure that it was, you know, promoted for the state. Or perhaps the fact that he downplayed white supremacy by saying he's never met a white supremacist. Hmm? You make your pick, put up the picture full mass. Jacksonville, Florida, Ryan Christopher Hometer, one to one killed three people on Saturday, as you're well aware. It was a racially motivated attack where the killer, targeted black people at a dollar general store. As police entered the building, he killed himself. The sheriff's office named the three victims, 19-year-old note Joseph, A.J. Legrary, Jr., 52-year-old Angela Michelle Carr, 29-year-old father Gerald Deshaun Gallien. They're dead. When you kill a person, you don't just kill a person. You take a piece of those who love them away. Also destroy the lineage of whatever future children they would have had. You kill an entire generation is my point. In the middle of the rampage, this killer texted his father at 1 18 PM and instructed him to use a screwdriver to enter his room. Where police said he found a last will and testament and a suicide note on the laptop. He also left manifestos where he declared his disgusting ideology of hate and his motive in the attack, according to Jacksonville Sheriff TK Warders, Let's put up what they found. The sheriff said investigators believed the killer acted alone. Worse, both a tactical vest and mask during the attack. He was armed with an AR 15 style rifle. It had swastikas drawn on it and a handgun. The killer bought at least two of his guns legally, even after being involuntarily held on a mental health or in a mental health facility on a mental health hold back in 2017. Authorities said on Sunday, let me give you more background. The killer was 21 years of age, had no criminal arrest record prior to his massacre, but he was held under the Baker Act six years ago. That's a Florida law which allows for an individual to be held involuntarily for up to 72 hours for examination. If authorities suspect that someone has severe mental illness and presents an immediate danger to themselves or others, This killer. Was a registered Republican, which means he's a DeSantis supporter and Trump supporter. That's according to uh, voter records. Uh, But both of his parents are registered as Democrats according to voting records. Um, Simone Sanders had this to say.
3: Republican candidate for president Vivek Ramaswamy also gave his reaction to the shooting this morning on Meet the Press. Now, Ramaswamy claimed that racism is dwindling in this country, and he does not want to add fuel to the fire. But on Friday, he said this on the campaign trail in Iowa.
0: I'm sure the, I'm sure the boogeyman white supremacist exists somewhere in America. I've just never met him. <laughs> never seen one. Never met one in my life, right? Maybe I'll, meet a, uh, maybe I'll meet a unicorn sooner.
3: Maybe he should visit Charleston, South Carolina, uh, Mother Emanuel, the uh, grocery store in Buffalo, New York, or a Dollar General in Jacksonville, Florida. Too many of our political leaders refuse to call out or even acknowledge extremist racist rhetoric.
0: Isn't it amazing? That's their go to. I've I've never met a white supremacist before. I had a cop, Officer Tatum, they call him, in the bullpen. His argument was, he's never met a racist cop. You know, maybe you've never met a serial killer. Does that mean they do not exist? Maybe you have never met a foster child. Does that mean They do not exist. It's insane. The rebuttal that they put forth, and it's even more insane, the people who accept it. I'm happy they shut down the Satan at that damn political posturing that he was doing. Nothing more. He was there, so he would not get criticized for not being there. While creating, advocating, supporting policies that create the very environment, what you see there. Sharing thoughts.
3: You know, Vivek and his happy veneers that smile (laughs) through our community's pain, they're on my last damn nerves. They really are. And with all due respect to the sheriff. In Jacksonville, the gunman didn't act alone. Okay, he was assisted, as you mentioned, by Ron DeSantis, others, the Republican Party, people who wanted to. That's just my political affiliation. No, it's not. It's an ideology that kills. Now, okay, we're we're to the point where don't act like you don't know that it definitely kills. Public shaming is good, Dr. Ritchie. They didn't boom as bad as they did Ted Cruz at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. But it only works, this powerful tool,
2: if you're capable of feeling the shame. That's right, you gotta have a soul for that, all right.
0: Um, speaking of soulless individuals, Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse says, oh my goodness, I'm being sued again for, for defending my life. I can't move on. They're making it hard for me to live, put up his picture full mask. Kyle Rittenhouse, the man who decided it was a good idea to cross state lines. And kill people. Well, back in 2020, he did this and according to him, people should just move on. He's now being sued by the estate of one of the men who died. Rittenhouse obviously got some blowback from this post on Twitter. I'm being sued again for defending my life, he says. Rittenhouse told Texas Scorecard, and I quote, these lawsuits are making it harder and harder for me to move on with my life. It is extremely difficult to go outside without fear of being harassed or assaulted because of the lies spread in these lawsuits, no one should have to continue to defend the fact they acted in self-defense, end quote. Put up his picture again, okay? See, that's the image media, especially right-wing media wants you to remember. But here's the image the people he killed saw before meeting their maker. A guy with a gun. Okay? Now let's keep the picture up. The person who got him the gun was actually found guilty um, because the gun was given to him against lawful statute. But Rittenhouse was found not guilty, the one in possession of the gun and the one who pulled the trigger. You know, there's a novel theory in. Many states that simply says, if you are the aggressor and people are defending themselves, you do not get to claim self-defense once that happens. Rittenhouse on the left, he then, at this point was 17. He shot and killed three human beings. The men chased Rittenhouse, believing he was an active shooter. Rittenhouse claimed self-defense and was acquitted on all counts in November of 2021. Huber's father, John Huber, filed the civil lawsuit over his son's death following the acquittal. So earlier this year, um, Huber's father actually won a court ruling that now allows him to continue the lawsuit against Rittenhouse. Which prompted him to start raising money on social media. Which then prompted Rittenhouse to complain how difficult his life is. Sir, at least you have one. You have one. They don't. You are the but for factor in my opinion. You went there and they're dead. If you were not there, they would be alive. Sharon, thoughts here.
3: Yeah, he wasn't there defending his life. He was there quenching his thirst. The police gave him water and then he gunned down people. That's what he was doing there, not protecting his life. He sought out people, hunted, aimed, fired.
0: Yep, all right. And um, there are many who hold that opinion. As a matter of fact, I would say the majority of people in America hold that opinion. that what he did was illegal. What he did was wrong but he got away with it. In my opinion, this is part of the universe not allowing anyone to get away truly with anything. I know your life is difficult, it should be. All right, we got more on the other side. It's
2: indisputable, stick and stay.
0: All right, welcome back. Still got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Okay. Gingerbread says, drowning him out with booing made me joyous. Made me joyous, too. Yep. Uh, Burning the Kiwi Dragon. Thank you for that. Uh, Okay. Rama Swarmy. Swarm. Swarmy. Yeah. I like that. Has never met a righteous person. Therefore, they don't exist to him. So sad to think he is surrounded only by cruel and vicious individuals. And that is all he has ever known. Richard, I think this is. Gerald's run. Pronunciation key may be neat. I apologize in advance. Uh, He took a fire. He took a firearm into a city he didn't even live in to purposely kill anyone who crossed his path. How was that protecting yourself? Right, exactly. Uh, Also, Jamal G, thank you for that member for two months. The Satan just needs to back off with his hypocrisy. That's right. Agreed. He wants to be that person who's adversarial to black progress, don't give him room in black spaces. Don't play those games with him. He needs to know he's not welcome, just like he has let us know. We're not welcomed, all right? Okay, Um, hell of a thing. A man a man who chased Black Lives Matter protesters with a weapon has been convicted. I want to show you some video. Here it is.
3: What the hell? The
2: people, <gasps> holy, oh my God,
1: oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my Estamos entre Clinton, Billy Cross Island.
2: Toma plata que no Toma Lela, Toma
0: Lela, You see this man, he terrorized individuals. According to Queens District Attorney Melinda Katz, 57-year-old Frank Cavaluzzo, was convicted of nine counts of attempted murder for attacking peaceful Black Lives Matter demonstrators in June of 2020. First charged at them wearing a glove with serrated blades and then attempted to run them down driving his SUV on the sidewalk, multiple methods he attempted to employ to kill people. Per her office's press release, uh, the DA said, and I quote, a dangerous man is going to jail. It's a good day for New York and the First Amendment. According to the reports at the time, this individual was increasingly angered by the George Floyd protest, posting on Facebook, such threats as quote, I still have that bullet in the chamber and several others for the rest of the scum trying to take down my constitution, right? Prior to Floyd's murder, he was already railing against the government at every level and democrats like Nancy Pelosi who he claimed were trying to seize the guns of all Americans. Let's put it up. It says on June 2020, at approximately 3:45 p.m. This is trial testimony. At the intersection of the Cross Island Parkway, Service Road and Clintonville Street in Whitestone, a group of peaceful demonstrators hung up signs and posters and supported Black Lives Matter following the death of Mr. George Floyd. This individual came upon the demonstrators while driving, abruptly stopped his SUV across the street and began screaming profanities and racial slurs, including, quote, you're in the wrong neighborhood. There's more. He then made a U-turn, exited the vehicle wearing four blades attached to a leather glove strapped to his right arm, and chased several of the demonstrators while waving the bladed glove and screaming at them. He re-entered his vehicle and yelled, I will kill you, before driving on the sidewalk at the demonstrators. Following the two week trial, he was convicted of nine counts of attempted murder in the second degree, nine counts of attempted assault in the first degree, seven counts of menacing in the second degree, criminal possession of a weapon in the fourth degree, and reckless driving. After the conviction on Friday, August 18th, Queen Supreme Court Justice Michelle A. Jackson, is set to sentence this horrible individual, October 13th. We will bring you that update. He is also scheduled to be sentenced in October and faces up to 25 years behind bars for the crimes. Each count of attempted murder, his lawyer argued that he struggled with his mental health and struggled to understand the evolving city where he lives. The New York Times reported all poor thing. See, mental health declined. Is not the prerequisite to immunity with criminal charges. It's your understanding of right and wrong. Did you know what you were doing was wrong? And according to every action and response before and after, he was well aware that his actions were illegal. He was aware that he would be placed uh, in jail for them. And he was aware that he needed to try to get away with it on some level. Well, that's evidence of a guilty conscience. You knew right from wrong that you have it. Sharon thoughts here.
3: And he knew that he didn't like looking around and seeing too many black and brown people in the neighborhood as his motivation. Uh, the streets of Queens lot safer tonight now that Freddy Krueger wanna be. Exactly. Is off the streets and let me say this. I think it's brilliant that attempted murder was on the table here because You've covered many a story doc where somebody could get away with something with just a slap on the wrist, maybe even a misdemeanor. And here these are serious charges.
0: You're going away, Freddie. Yep, Um, because you had a serious leader prosecuting a serious case. You got a serious result. That's how it works. All right, Hooters is being sued because according to the workers, well, they came back to Hooters when things opened back up for the world has only brought back the white employees, not the black employees. Hell of an allegation. Let's put up the picture full mass. Everybody's familiar with the restaurant chain. So they're being sued for racial discrimination against black employees after rehiring exclusively white or very light-complected employees following the pandemic layoffs. Let me, get, let me give you the background. According to the recent lawsuit, five black employees were laid off from uh, from the location at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic of March, uh, in March 2020. By May 2020, Hooters began to recall the workers. All of whom were white as of June 11, 2020. The Matari restaurant had retained, recalled, or rehired 26 employees total. None were black, none were black at this time, that's according to the complaint. The complaint also argues that race based discrimination started long before 2020. Black servers, hostesses and bartenders were subjected to and I quote frequent demeaning and offensive remarks based on race. From at least 2017, according to to the court filing. The complaint further asserts that dark complected Hooters girls experienced racially or racial hostility and observed uh, preferential treatment of white employees while employed at the restaurant and also receive less favorable shifts. Though the lawsuit is new, it isn't the first time Hooters has been here. Uh, Hooters, one of the nation's best known so-called restaurants, uh, is no stranger to lawsuits alleging gender discrimination, racial discrimination, and sexual discrimination. In 1997, Hooters notoriously defended an employment lawsuit brought by would-be male waiters who alleged they had been victims of sex discrimination. Ultimately, the waiters lawsuit ended with the Hooters paying out millions and settlement money to the plaintiffs. Uh, so this has been going on for decades uh, with Hooters uh, around the nation. Now you have something that's a little bit more, let's just say concrete. You have multiple individuals who are all claiming the same exact thing in this lawsuit. There's no deviation from the narrative here. It's gonna be interesting to see how Hooters responds legally to this. Do they want all of the uh, dirty information out in a proceeding, which obviously creates a public relations nightmare for the chain? Or do they respond with an authentic investigation? We don't know yet, but we do know this lawsuit will be followed by said it indisputable, uh, Share thoughts here.
3: You know, I'm tempted to say that this is just one little thing. And if it were called booties instead of Hooters, perhaps it would have been a different outcome. But you ran down the history here, doc. And the bottom line is they're discriminating against black women, not about their customers, mm-hmm. okay?
0: We're, we're plenty in demand. This is just about bigotry. There you go, well said. All right, we got more. On the other side is Indisputable Stick and Stay. All right, welcome back. We still have a lot of show left. Let me read just a few of these comments. Um, somewhat, just somewhat pressed for time, but can read one or two. Um, man Convicted, all right, uh, Marquise Dillinger. Um, we two steps from Purge. Let's not put that out there. I know what you mean by that. Um, thought has crossed my mind, too. Like, the hell is going on out here? It seems like these people think somehow this is an active movie. You got to hold people like that accountable. Hold them accountable, send a clear message, maybe it gets through. All right, hell of a thing, former chief of staff of Donald Trump has basically admitted guilty, guilty, guilty. I did it, it's me judge, the only thing I'm asking you to do. Please don't let that black woman prosecute me in Fulton County. Can you please send this case to an old white federal judge? I kid you not, put up, let's go to the video, here it is.
2: Mr. President, everybody is on the line and just so, this is Mark Meadows, the chief of staff. When the president asked for additional votes to overturn the election. I just wanna find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more that we have. Meadows, who unexpectedly took the stand today, testified that he organized the call as a federal official, acting under color of his office. Former Justice Department official Tom Dupree said Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis can easily dispute that. She's arguing that he went way beyond what a chief of staff is expected to do or is even legally permitted to do, that he was engaged in political behavior, which chiefs of staff can't do. It's certainly not part of their
0: official duties. Oh. Isn't that something? Put up his picture, full oh, mask. This is gonna be an interesting background. So Mark Meadows actually testified in court this week that actions detailed in a sweeping indictment that accuses him of participating in a legal conspiracy to overturn then-President Donald Trump's 2020 election laws were all simply part of his job as White House Chief of Staff. Attorneys for the former White House Chief of Staff Deployed what some experts consider to be a risky strategy, more than risky. Uh, This is an insane strategy, but I'm loving it. Putting their client on the stand to testify about what he did after the 2020 election. At first, no one was sure Meadows would even attend the hearing. Instead, he did even more. Answering questions from his attorneys and prosecutors about decisions that now have him indicted. The extraordinary testimony came in the first courtroom skirmish in a case that's likely to have many. Meadows claims were part of an argument that the case should be moved to a state court from a state court, excuse me, to a federal court. US District Judge Steve Jones did not immediately rule, all right? So as Trump was consumed by claims of widespread election fraud in the weeks after his 2020 loss, the former top presidential aide said it was difficult to focus on the things that needed to be done to wind down the presidency. As a result, Meadows said he took actions to determine whether the allegations were true, including actions prosecutors alleged were improper. Meadows said he didn't believe he did anything that was outside of my scope as chief of staff. So during the hearing, Meadows attorney George J. Terwilliger called his client to the stand and asked about his duties while being the chief of staff. The lawyer then walked him through the acts alleged in the indictment to ask if he had done those as part of his job. For most of the acts listed, Meadows said he had performed them as part of his official duties. In cross examination, the prosecutor and across ticked through the same acts, to ask Meadows what federal policy was being advanced on each item. He said repeatedly that the federal interest was in ensuring accurate and fair elections, but she accused him several times of not answering her questions. So this goes back and forth. Um, Meadows testified that he was acting under the color of a federal officer when he tried to get the Georgia officials to retract their belief that Joe Biden was the lawful winner, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So let me say this, Uh, I love it when people overestimate their intelligence here, okay? Uh, The man literally admitted to everything against him. As a matter of fact, the legal expert who was consulted right after the testimony for the local news, when posed the question, the legal expert for the local news channel said, the man has admitted to everything against him. That was was the answer. Like, what, what else is there? The man has literally said, I did it, but I did it for this reason. And because I did it for this reason, you need to now send my case to a federal court because I was acting as a federal officer when I did it. Well, here's the problem. Number one, you violated the Hatch Act. You see, if your actions were lawful, sir, they would in fact be covered under federal jurisdiction. But even if that's the case, You decided to hop your happy ass to Cobb County, Georgia, and engage in criminality, according to the prosecutor, which gives the Fulton County prosecutor, guess what? It gives them jurisdiction because under the state RICO Act, crimes outside of Fulton County within the state of Georgia can be considered. I don't think your attorneys broke that part down to you. You have now pleaded guilty without pleading guilty. You also threw Trump under the bus, probably, once again, overestimating your intelligence here. Uh, You said that he told you this is what needs to happen. So either A, he's directing it or B, he's in agreement. But you made it clear you were doing this as what? Part of your job. Who do you work for? Donald Trump. I'm loving this case already. These are beautiful things. They're giving us nuggets here. Uh, and then, last but definitely not least, they questioned Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, Chief Elections Officer, who received that phone call. Brad is posed the question, "Hey, Brad, when you were talking to, you know, Meadows, did you think you were talking to a federal officer?" No. <laughs> His response: No. Let the gangs begin, gentlemen. All right, Sharon, thoughts here.
3: People who overestimate their intelligence usually haven't been challenged, rather they've been anointed and that's generally what happens. You are closer to the law obviously doc than I am. But among the things Mark Meadows is charged with is basically being a male Karen. Okay, right. you don't got no election business now here in the state of Georgia. Right. Karen, Yeah. but you, you tried it, you got turned away
0: and now yeah. look at you. Look at you now. Okay, all right. We got one of those very, very happy stories. A police officer, a deputy, did a very beautiful thing. Let's put a picture up for a mass. Very proud of this young lady, Muskogee County, Georgia. She's a deputy. Her name is Aaliyah Miller. Aliyah Miller made a decision where to go for a lunch break. And that decision helped prevent a woman and a two-month-old child from drowning in a river last week. Wednesday, August 16th started just like any other day for the deputy as she was taking a walk for a lunch break along the river walk in a place called Columbus, Georgia. She spotted a woman holding her infant and threatening to die into the Chattahoochee River. Local station WSB reports the woman, had been making posts on Facebook about her intentions. The Sheriff's Department and Columbus Police Department both received numerous calls from concerned citizens about them. Miller and another fellow officer approached the woman. Eventually, they managed to talk her down, saving both her and the baby. Deputy Miller stayed with the two-month-old in an air conditioned fire truck until another family member could arrive to pick them up. WSB reports, people that praise Miller for her service in real life and online. Quote, I wanna commend Deputy Miller, the Columbus Police Department, the Columbus Fire and EMS on a job well done. The Skogen County Sheriff Greg Countryman wrote in a statement on Facebook. Thanks to the quick thinking and response time, they prevented a tragedy from occurring today. Your dedication to going above and beyond the call of duty is what we should all strive to achieve each and every day. You saved two lives, Deputy Miller. I know the family is extremely grateful for you. Facebook user Jessica Moody said, and I want you to keep that statement up. Notice something here. It's called connection. The sheriff. And the community are in agreement. Who brought them into agreement? Put up her picture. An act of humanity by a black woman named Deputy Miller. That's your model. That's your blueprint right there to end the divisions or at least decrease them significantly. They did not engage in some kind of SWAT operation. We have literally seen on indisputable people who are threatening to kill themselves end up being shot and killed by the police. How of sense does that make? For human life, we got all day. You got a knife, I'm not going to shoot you. We got all day. And if we gotta stay later, that's overtime for you. You're getting paid on the clock. If we gotta change a shift out, we got all day. Just don't kill yourself. You know what happened? They get tired. They get hungry. They talked to this woman. They reminded her she was human, not the other way around. They did not make her feel like scum. They made her feel like there was hope. Saved two lives. Way to go, Deputy Miller. Proud of you. Sharon, thoughts here.
3: Deputy Miller. Is remarkable, a remarkable example of humanity. Look what happens when a human being with empathy shows up, cares, and talks to another human who's in despair. And look how easily the community can agree and rally around her. You're right, Dr. Ritchie. It doesn't take much. Don't believe this lie about how difficult it is to make a connection, a human one, between police and community. They're there to serve and protect
0: there it is very well said always a pleasure having you on this program tell people how they can follow you check out your great work
3: pleasure's all mine appreciate you more share and read live across all platforms tyt sports
0: another installment goes up soon looking forward to it always fascinating beautiful stuff all right remember take care of yourself take care of each other take care of the planet remember the truth is always
2: Indisputable. Indisputable
0: is still the fastest growing news show in America compared to CNN, Fox News, and 30 other networks. We tell the truth on Indisputable because the truth is Indisputable. We go places that other news media outlets refuse to go. When there were human rights abuses happening at the Victorville prison, guards and members of the community contacted us.
2: You, through your investigative reporting, unearthed very troubling allegations
3: about specific forms of abuse and discrimination in the federal prison system.
0: It really doesn't take much to be a trusted voice. All it takes is to be fearless, report on matters, be an advocate. I called it the bullpen intentionally because it's a place of preparation. We present individuals who may have an opposing view, so we debate. Sometimes we interview individuals because their stories deserve to be heard. A survivor of significant police misconduct and his attorney We covered this story earlier and to remind you of the horror of one man being shot at damn near 100 times by the police. We take time on this show to showcase the temper tantrums of Karens in the wild. We do this not because we want to see people's emotional outbursts in public, but because these incidents are emblematic of a bigger societal issue taking place across the nation, and it has to be checked. My friend, my big homie, attorney-at-law Benjamin Krupp. I just want to thank you,
2: man, When educated, articulate brothers like yourself speak truth to power it makes a great difference and changing the landscape in america
0: listen no matter what you do don't allow the politics of ideology to evaporate the soul that still exists inside of you they don't stop i don't stop racism won't stop i won't stop systemic bias won't stop i won't stop people still need health care so i won't stop people still need criminal justice systems reform, so i won't stop you won't stop either